Welcome, dear listeners, to Stories, Fables, Ghostly Tales, the podcast where we explore terrifying tales that will make you spill your tea, both literally and metaphorically. I'm your host, a self-proclaimed connoisseur of Earl Grey and a champion of Chai, the tale teller here to steep you in spine-chilling stories that'll leave you shaking more than your morning cuppa. So grab your favorite mug, because tonight's episode is so bone-quivering and will get your curiosity bone so waggling it might just give you tea leaves goosebumps. And don't worry, if you hear any mysterious clinking sounds in the background, it's probably just the ghosts in the kitchen trying to decide between Earl Grey and English breakfast. After all, even spirits need a good cuppa to start the afterlife right. Now, before we begin, a huge, huge thank you to a new Patreon, Joseph Stroder, for joining the Earl Grey Enforcer ranks. It is absolutely, positively wonderful to have another brilliant person I can now add to my thank yous. Thank you, Joseph. It's an absolute pleasure to have you brewing tea beside us. Now, turn the lights off and get ready to ponder with the creepypasta, Vicksburg Chapter 1 and Chapter 2 by Austin DR. Enjoy. Chapter 1 The town was abuzz with the whirring of cars and the ceaseless hustling and bustling of busybodies, so obsessed with their routines, they would unknowingly let life pass them by and miss out on the simple things. Several people chatted loudly as they crossed the streets on their way to work, suffocating black smoke from many a car's exhaust pipe permeated the air and polluted the sky with clouds of smog. Rats scavenged for food and left trails of wet, goopy trash along the walking paths. The unsanitary conditions would lead to the spread of several pestilences, leading to the town's hospitals becoming clogged. A clap of thunder eviscerated the sound barrier, accompanied by the steady drizzle of rain. I watched the town fade from view as I rode the public bus. As any who was familiar with this form of transportation could attest to, the bus was congested to the brim with several passengers, all with varying characteristics and hygiene. Due to the tight, cramped build in this bus's structure, many passengers were sandwiched together, some packed together like a can of sardines, and they certainly smelled like it too. Greasy, slimy sweat rolled down the forehead of a large, burly guy I was forced to sit by. He had sweated so much his white, buttoned shirt was see-through. His foul, decaying stench wrinkled my nostrils with the urge to gag becoming harder to suppress. His whiskers were wild and unkept, his eyes so wide they could have burst from his sockets. When he stared at me, the best I could do was offer a light-hearted smile. Well, good afternoon to you, sir. He stared at me for a minute, not saying anything. His discolored eyes peered in opposite directions, as if he was staring into infinity. After nothing of a note happened between us, I tried to focus on my trip. I held the handle of my briefcase with some hesitation, 
The town soon became a dot in my eye before sinking into the inky abyss. This was it. It was really it. I turned my attention back to the right. To think that it was the last time I would be seeing this town. Sure, it had one school, a single grocery store, and a station. But it had its charms, such as its parks on the western side of the town. I gazed at the man beside me again, but he was still in his own little world. I tapped the handle a few times as I watched the passengers start to settle down into their seats. Those that could not depend on their hand grips. They stood there shaking slightly any time the bus made a stop. Even then, it felt like the bus was not even close to thinning out, instead becoming more inflated by the minute. Every now and then, I looked up to see passengers trickling out. I did not know how they could handle being nearly suffocated by the claustrophobic crowds. It reminded me of the droves of people at auditoriums watching ball games. The air becomes hotter from the body heat and warm breath radiating from the travellers. The heavy-set gentleman finally left his seat and walked away without saying as much as a goodbye. Not that I was intending on saying goodbye anyway, but it would have been thoughtful. A trace of the fat man's putrid stench lingered in the air. I sighed to myself and plopped the briefcase on the seat. My fingers strummed the side as a twinge of doubt arose within me. It will be a couple of hours until I reach my destination. Three hours, give or take. The town did not have the best reputation, but my company insisted that I move there. Pardon me, my good sir. Would you mind if I sat there? I shook my head clean of the thoughts and looked up. There stood a well-dressed man wearing beige slacks and an overcoat. He wore a matching top hat on his head and boasted a thin brown moustache that twirled at the ends. He withdrew his hat and tipped it to me in a friendly gesture. Oh, uh, sure. Be my guest. The gent elegantly found purchase on the seat and watched me fiddle around with my luggage. After what seemed like an eternity of him staring me down, he reached into his pocket and withdrew a business card. My name is Jackie Skinner, private investigator. He placed the card in my hand and I flicked it around in my hand to analyze it. Seems legit. What are you trying to solve? Jackie smiled at me, revealing a small space between his two front teeth. Ever heard of a man named Walter Bean? Walter Bean, the name sounded familiar. I rummaged through my mind for a few seconds. He was the owner of a furniture company, right? I, 68-year-old Walter Bean, a CEO and a family man, was the owner of a huge corporation. He was last seen two weeks ago. He apparently was looking to expand his business in the new town of Vicksburg, but... Well, after he made the business trip, he never came back, which is where I come in. My eyes widen. Vicksburg? That is where I'm going, as a matter of fact. 
Jackie's eyebrow arched, his interest peaked. Really? That is quite the coincidence. He withdrew a picture of Walter Bean. He was a slightly portly figure with a balding head and spindly moustache. Walter wore a red 3XL cotton shirt and khaki pants. He had a half grin on his face and he stood in front of his office. Jackie rubbed his chin and probed me further. Why are you going to Vicksburg, if you don't mind me asking? Business trip? I explained. They said it was non-negotiable. Perhaps, but I am certain you have heard of the story behind the town and why it is hailed with such disdain. I shook my head. I know that the town is worn down and practically a ghost town, but I am not afraid of any ghost stories. He laughed. <laughs> okay then. Legend goes that during the 1770s, the town of Vicksburg was once a prosperous place with friendly faces everywhere. People openly shared with each other, and no one was left without. A real utopia, I guess, is the term. I quietly listened to the private investigator as he further lectured me on the town's folklore. That was until there was a certain woman who grew up with nothing more, marrying into a noble family. She was beloved by her husband, but she had one fear that is universal to everyone regardless of their status. The fear of death. So, she conducted research into the dark practices, meeting an undead cultist who indoctrinated her into the worship of the gods of old. She summoned a demon from the bowels of the earth to grant her the gift of eternal beauty and life. The demon fulfilled that wish, but it required sacrifices from the living. Sacrifices? G gods of old? I stammered. Are you telling the story, good man? Jahiz asked me somewhat annoyed but still smiling. Sorry, just got entrenched in the story. Do go on. One by one, the woman led her family into the mouth of hell, starting with the servants and then her loving husband and their four kids. From there, more and more of the townspeople disappeared in thin air and in their place. Well, let's just say that demons are the residents now. <laughs> He chuckled to himself and returned the photo of Walter to his pocket. Or, oh, that's what I have heard. My mind was awash with a surge of thoughts. My, that is quite a story. And, and you were saying that Walter went to Vicksburg? Him and three more gentlemen as well. Either it was because they wanted to expand their business, or they were selected almost at random. The previous three had vanished for a few months now. It's peculiar that they would all leave without telling their families that they should not expect them back anytime soon. We talked a bit more about the missing cases. Much like Walter, some of the men missing were the heads of different corporations, ranging from furniture to oil. They were all gradually lured to Vicksburg through whatever means and were never heard from again. Eventually, the bus made a stop and the private investigator got on. He waved goodbye to me, tipping his hat once more. Do keep me updated if you find anything peculiar in Vicksburg. My eyes were glued on the man as he left the bus and continued his way without looking back. After he left the premises, the bus resumed its designation. Chapter 2 The tires on the bus screeched to a halt, signifying that it was time to get on. 
I collected my things and exited the vehicle. The nauseous fumes spewing from the exhaust pipe wafted in my face and nearly knocked the air from my lungs as it sped off leaving me alone. One look around at Vicksburg and I could see why its reputation was not the best. The town was an ancient relic of the past. Dozens of houses were dilapidated with speckers of paint chipping away and flaking off like dandruff. The walls had caved in over time to where the roofs were barely hanging on by a thread. I passed by buildings that were scorched down to the wood and abandoned to the wrath of Mother Nature. Moss grew along the sides of brick walls and rats ran rampant through the streets. The cold, crisp air smacked me on the nape of my neck, sending a shiver up my spine. The grass in the city was totally dead and blackened. Any scarce shrubs and trees there were, they were winding and fatally emaciated. I had arrived at Vicksburg at around four in the morning, so my best initiative was to find a place to stay. I walked down an isolated road with the slightest sense I was being watched from afar, and any time I tried looking in the opposite direction, they would scuttle off. It was hard to believe that anyone would live here, let alone that Walter and the other gentlemen would be compelled to come. Columns held buildings up, but the slightest poke would make them crumble. Mud and other debris were flung on the windows, obscuring me from peering inside, almost as if they wanted it that way. The state of this repair also extended to the roads and walking paths, with spindly cracks scattered throughout. I travelled down the square of the town, seeing several small businesses denoting some of the products you would expect to purchase, like canned goods or bread. The light posts were faintly lit, reminding me of twilight when the sun's rays partially illuminating the atmosphere, a perfect combination wherein it was neither too dark nor completely lit. In the middle of the square was a large fountain with the sculpture of a scantily clad woman calling to mind those Roman statues. Despite being made from stone, her long locks of her hair flowed in the wind. Murky, tarry water poured down from a pot she was holding. Upon a closer look, Tiny hints of algae coated the rocky surface, adding to its prehistoric state. After taking in the whole picture of the fountain's condition, my attention became directed towards the hotel. As with the other structures, the hotel had seen better days, having long since fallen into a decrepit state of disarray. Its name rubbed off the sign to where I could vaguely make out a few letters. The paint peeled away from the foundation, giving it a hideous, ghastly appearance. Newspapers Powdered the windows and nasty smoke drifted from the chimney. There were a few areas where the bricks were punched out and smashed on the ground. With nowhere else to turn, I entered the establishment. The scent of decay slammed into my face like a sledgehammer to the head. So much dust accumulated on the furniture and doors. It shot up into the air. The musky debris made my nose recoil in disgust. Coughing, I scanned the surroundings. Two chairs with bare backs lined the shaggy rug that became green from the moss residing on it. Photos decked the walls some dating back to the 1800s and eroded over time due to the improper maintenance. I approached the service desk spotting a book on the desk. Heavy layers of dust coated the surface. I looked past the desk, noticing copious amounts of cobwebs dangling from the bookshelves and ceiling. A small bed laid beside the journal. Weighing my options again, I tentatively pressed the knob. 
Ring, ring, ring. Huh. Nothing. I tapped my fingers on my briefcase and waited a few seconds. I rang the bell again after 10 seconds had passed. Still, no one stirred from the faint sound. I stared at my wristwatch seeing that it was almost 5. Perhaps, if I was more assertive, I could somehow convince a citizen of this town to offer me a place to stay. As I turned to leave, I finally heard a commotion. Good morning, sir. I turned to the desk, again my eyes beholding a peculiar man. Strange, I did not hear him walk behind the service desk and, judging by how sudden his appearance was, he practically manifested or could have been hiding on the floor the whole time. I internally understood people's apprehension for the physical features of a Vicksburg citizen. The gentleman was pale, deathly so. His skin lacked any ounce of pigmentation, looking more like a reanimated corpse. Not one speck of hair was on his slick body, with his cranium briefly illuminated under the faint light. His eyes, however, were the most jarring attribute. They were as black as a starless night, darker than the pitch-black void. I was uncertain if it was a result of his pupils expanding to collect more light, or if his irises were naturally black. He seemed to notice my repulsion of his peepers, so he tried offering me a smile. Except it was the furthest thing from a smile, more a poor man's replication of one. He possessed a row of sharp, jagged teeth. When parted, only revealed a jet of inky nothingness at the back of his throat. He spoke in a low, guttural voice, somehow sounding distant and yelling, still close. He arched his head to the side, analyzing the subtlest of movements. Welcome to our town, sir. There was nothing more that I wanted than to end the conversation and get the hell out of Dodge. But where would I go? I tried to muster up as much politeness as I could. I would like a room. The enigmatic man's eyes widened more. I felt that he was staring into the recesses of my soul and got his jollies from frightening me. Very good, sir. His long skeletal fingers groped the journal. How much is a room for the night? I asked. Oh, no need for payment. He chuckled, purple goo glistening on his yellow-stained teeth, and landed on the desk. You don't have to pay a single dime. Really? That would be great. Not once during our discussion did the gentleman ever blink. If anything, he would freeze up temporarily and just glare at me like a record that has the issue of skipping before resuming. He moved in a wobbly, drunken stupor with his knees buckling and jerking. Did he even have a pair of feet hidden behind the counter? He pushed the journal to me and handed me a pen. Once I opened the book, I immediately knew something was amiss. Walter Bean? The employee froze in place. Ah, yes. He visited this same hotel. We like to keep their names and addresses for documentation. Well, it says that he signed this exactly two weeks ago. We like to record the names and addresses of our guests. The man replied, somewhat forcefully. His tone sank to a deeper octave. Walter has been missing for a long time. This was the place he was last seen, isn't it? The man leaned in, looking at me with his black holes for eyes. 
I assure you that you have nothing to worry about. For all intended purposes, we are not allowed to disclose our client's private information. Drat. He was not budging. I could argue with him for hours and hours, but I was not mentally willing to do so. I shrugged and sighed in defeat. So, just sign my name and address, right? Very good, sir. I jotted down my signature and address and closed the book. This town is something else. Whatever do you mean? He asked, just in a total state of disrepair. Hardly any birds or other animals aside from rats and everything seems so bleak. He chuckled again, hearing my complaints. You look like you're starving for some entertainment. Without saying anything further, he disappeared almost as quickly as he did manifest. Before I could question him on his sudden interest, he returned holding a fly in his hand. Tell me, are you alone? Alone? Why is that crucial information? Normally I would be put off by that sort of invasive question, but I decided to play along. I am single, yes. The gentleman's smile widened, purple fluid rolling down his mouth into thick layers. Perhaps this would be of interest to you. He handed me the flyer. My eyes skimmed the piece of paper the words Vicksburg Annual Mix and Mingle. My eyebrows stretched in surprise. A dating game? He jerked a bit, giving a firm grip on his arm. His frail fingers reached out for the flyer in hopes of reclaiming it, but his grip tightened, forcing him to reel back. There was a visible hurt on his face, as if conflicted with revealing the location to me. He hissed under his breath before the internal conflict resolved itself. It is a tradition we have here in our little town. And is it the only thing to do here? Nothing like a movie theater or anything else that grandiose? He did not know what I was blabbering on about. Never mind, I'll keep this in mind. The tips of the employee's mouth curled. You won't regret this. With nothing more to say, he pulled a key off the hook and dropped it into my open palm. Enjoy your stay, sir. Nodding, I started the long ascent up the stairs. While I left, I heard a shrill voice whispering maliciously at the man. It was so low, however, I could not make out what the heated words were. Come to think of it, I didn't recall seeing anyone else at the hotel. The wooden planks creaked under my feet while I approached my room. More dust settled along the rails of the stairs. While I waited for the man, I did sneak a peek at one photo that said the hotel was established three centuries ago. You would think that during all that time, they would consider some renovations. From the erosion over the centuries, large gaping holes formed on the floorboards threatening to swallow up any poor sap unaware of their presence. Room... Three. I opened the door, and in doing so, several cockroaches scuttled out. Peeping inside, it was a relieving sight to see that the room, even though it was old, looked presentable. I settled down on the bed's cover, not daring to even see what was underneath. Later that day, once I had settled in, I would have to meet up to discuss my business with the higher-ups. While thinking about it, my eyes wandered back to the flyer and Walter's disappearance. I knew damn well that the employee was lying through his mustard teeth 
Thinking back, not only was Walter's name and address listed, but so were the other men that Jackie's had reported missing. All of them arrived at the hotel at some point, only they never checked out. I'll contact the private eye soon. As I settled into bed, my mind continued to whir at the thought of partaking in the annual dating game. Why was the man so insistent on him attending it? And this ends chapter 2 with chapter 3 just around the corner. And there you have it, dear listeners, the tale of the mysterious inn with a man who could give Rainbow Sherbet a run for its money. I hope you enjoyed this brain boner tingling tale before you go to bed or to start your day. And either way, remember to check under that bed just in case Mr. Purple Liquid decides to make a surprise appearance. If you survive this episode and still have the courage to press play next time, we've got a cauldron full of creepy stories waiting for you next week with the continuation of Vicksburg. As always, if you have your own spine-tingling tale or a theory of why our purple-mouthed friend prefers a midweek haunt, drop us a line on our socials or send a raven, i.e. via Gmail, <laughs> which is storiesfablesghostlytales at gmail.com. We love hearing from our listeners, especially if you have tips on how to get stubborn purple stains out of clothing. Ping me with an email or what you think is going on in Vicksburg, as I'd like to know your thoughts. Now, our patrons are going to be getting this podcast on the Monday instead of the Friday, so they'll have extra time to think. And if you want to get your episode a couple of days earlier, simply become my Patreon supporter at any tier and you'll get a higher quality audio episode, plus early access. Now, it's my amazing Patreon thank yous. Give it up, everyone. Stand and cheer for the one and the only Matto Star, our Ode Night Tea Titan. Matto Star helps this podcast with epic leaps, shattering the chains of boredom and monotony with the heroic stomp that echoes through the realms of dullness. Matto, you're not just fantastic, you're a superhero, swooping in to rescue us from the clutches of utter dullness. Your support is like a magic potion keeping my computer from staging a rebellion and blue-screening itself to death. Seriously, my friend, you are beyond amazing. Thanks a million for your brilliant support, friend. Cheers, Matto, and have a wonderful week. Now brace yourself for a thunderous applause for Lazuka the Bazazazazazauka, our valiant defender against the drowsy and dull, with the supernatural ability to transform the ordinary into the extraordinary. Leza, you're a powerhouse of love. Thanks a million for always being the teabag in my cup of content, preventing my audio hiccups from turning my podcast into a sitcom for confused whales. Here's to you, Leza, the hero who keeps my content brewing with laughter and prevents it from going steeply downhill. Cheers, man. <laughs> have a great week as well. And to my splendiferous El Grey enforcers, I'm lucky to have Chad Warren, Just Heather, Sunshine Days, Juicebox Andy, Peter Raffaelli, Michelangelo Yacone, Divided by Zero, Leah Fassig, Alia Arcane, Paige Kramer, Jane Gumnick, Michael Krupp, Jandy Prinz, Seductive Smiles, and the newly added, Joseph Stroder. Cheers, you legend. Never will I ever forget how lovely and amazing you all are. You make my week every week, legends. Now, pour your tea, make it nice, ensure your flavoring is precise, like a story, let it flow, 
Let the fables and tales take you home. It's these stories that bring us together and old audio that reminds us of how we've changed. Stay a while, have a listen. And as always, I hope to see you again. And in this case, next Monday for Vicksburg chapter 3 and 4. Let's find out more about this tale together and I'll see you Monday. Have a great week, legends.